Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I am so excited to invite a dear friend of mine, a dear client turned friend, Emily Barnard, to the podcast. How are you, Emily? I'm great, Danielle. Thank you for having me. I love it. So this is our take two. We are re-recording this episode because something Mercury retrograde happened to our first episode and it poof disappeared into the ether. So here we are. I'm so happy we were able to get together again to re-record because I just really wanted to share you with the Spirit School listeners. I wanted to share some of the amazing work that you're doing. And so the way I like to start my interviews is just talking a little bit about like how I met you and like why I thought it would be interesting to bring you on and then have you introduce yourself a little bit and your body of work, which is incredible. So I know Emily as Emily and Her Stars. She's a podcast host of Everything That Makes You Go Woo podcast, which I highly recommend and I absolutely adore. You're an astrologer. You're a teacher of astrology. You do mediumship. You've been studying mediumship under me and other mentors for years. You do Akashic Record readings. I know you have some angel connection work as well. So I might be a little bit off on that. So maybe let me know. But how I met Emily was actually kind of interesting because it was early in 2020. It was about two months after I went full time in my business and I left corporate and I had a message from some lovely person from Colorado who said, do you do online mentorship? And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, we can try it. Let's see. I might have even just said, yes, we are doing online mentorship now. And so I like to take pride that Emily is literally my first ever online mentee. And here we are nearly three years later, still good friends still in contact. And so I've been blessed to watch you evolve into your body of work, which was already established before we met and just watching and how you've been expanding in the work that you do. And I want to talk to you today and we'll get later to this in the interview about the collaboration aspect, because to me, you're like one of the best collaborators I have seen in the space. So first and foremost, how do you introduce yourself? Did I miss anything? Do you want to highlight anything that I even spoke about? Tell us about Emily. Well, oh my goodness. Thank you for that incredible introduction. So astrology is, of course, my first love. My screen name and everything is Emily and her stars. And when I originally started down the path of exploring and determining, like, what does it even mean to be an empath and all of these things, astrology kept coming up for me. And mostly because I had the shared love of it with my grandmother. I always tell the story, she'd cut my horoscope out of the newspaper every year on my birthday or just if it was going to be a good week. And it was this fun little thing that we shared. And after she passed, I missed that. And I decided to book myself like a full-blown, real birth chart reading from a real astrologer. And it blew my mind. It blew my mind. I thought, how can this person know things about me that I don't even know that I wanted to admit to myself, right? And then there's this layer of validation that comes with it and so many things. And as I was sitting with that sort of in my late 30s, trying to figure out who I am, what do I want to be when I grow up, determining that I was different, I would do these quizzes for being an empath and check all the boxes. I was like, yes, these things are true. What does this mean? And I kind of started 
the mediumship road on my own at that point because I didn't know there were podcasts. It took me a while to find my circle. And I remember downloading like an online PDF and reading it alone on my Kindle in the dark. So no one knew what I was reading about. And sort of just started exploring and realizing that there was more to this than I understood or that I felt like I could do on my own. And I remember I had binged like every episode of your podcast when I found you and I reached out and I was like, I know I'm all the way in Colorado and you're all the way in very cool Squamish. (laughs) Would you ever consider being or are you an online mentor? And it's so cute that you say, I don't know, I guess we could try because on my end, it was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do this. And I just remember those initial sessions with you were so, it's something to sit next to a mentor and have them show you how to analytically go through the process. But sitting next to you and working with you was like having someone put a blanket over me and sit next to me and say, we're going to do this together. And it was the most comforting, warm experience that I had had up to that point with any mentor. And I think why I'm still here, because your energy and your love and support is so genuine. It's so true. And you go to the lengths to make people feel heard and seen and welcome and to make this journey accessible. So I just Mm -hmm. want to thank you for that. Thank you, Emily. That's so sweet. I'm going to sit here. I'm just like, oh my God. (laughs) I received that. So thank you very much. I love teaching. I love mentoring. It's my favorite thing. And going back to those early days as well, you know, I always share the story because it's kind of funny. Emily is the official astrologer of Spirit School and she teaches monthly astrology specific for mediums and psychics in Spirit School space. And like your next class next week is on like the placements to look for for those who are mediumistically and psychically curious. And so early when I first started doing mentoring, I was so obsessed with astrology. I'd been studying it for years and I'm going to do like astrology readings for like everyone who like comes and mentors under me. And I remember doing an astrology reading for you only to find out after you're an actual astrology teacher. And I like literally died inside. I was like, oh my God. There is no way I could have said something to her that she didn't already know because I was just doing basics like top three, the shadow of light quality is like just so simple, but it was funny. And I still think of that moment. I'm like, I once tried to give an astrology reading to a legit astrology teacher. I loved it because, and this is, I think, true about astrology. I could literally study it until the day I die and I'll never get to the end. I think it's important to talk to other astrologists and talk to other people to get other insights that I could totally miss. And so I remember that and I loved it because I was like, oh, I never thought of things that way. So I never, ever held it against you. It was a beautiful reading. And I think anytime someone reflects back to you, these qualities that you hold maybe with an ounce of skepticism about yourself, but when they hold it back to you and say, this is a gift, these are beautiful qualities, that is such a gift in and of itself. Yeah, and I find astrology to be such a big permission slip. You know what I mean? Like, because I used to always rack my brain about like why, like I never felt settled with anything I've presented out into the world. Like, I guess it's ready. But then understanding how Virgo works with me and like where it is, it's in my 10th house of my career and stuff like that. It made sense to me why I may never feel like it's enough. And so then I can stop trying. I can just understand I chose to come in to this lifetime, this embodiment with these placements as something to work with in some levels against me, but to not force something that doesn't need to be forced and lean into other areas of my chart that 
are more harmonious and can help me like be in that flow a little bit, right? So instead of getting locked down in that Virgo perfectionism, I'm like, you know, you're Scorpio rising. I'm like, you're here to help transform, like just get out there, just be front and center and like just trust yourself. And so what I loved about astrology was understanding how many placements I have and I can kind of almost like pick and choose which qualities I lean into any given day or experience, right? Right. It's like this whole other hidden aspect sometimes of yourself that you're like, I have this superpower I forgot about. I'm going to pull on it today. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think even understanding then how the energy flows throughout the year and affects us individually. I've had people say to me, I've never felt anything from a full moon or I never feel the astrology. And I'm like, okay, well, how clear are you on your own energy? Because I think the more clear we get on what our specifics are, the more it's sort of this blessing and a curse, right? Then we become a little more sensitive to the sensitivity and it just simplifies fear. I love that. I always look at my husband who has no interest in spiritual evolution. I'm like, you're so lucky. I'm like, you feel nothing. (laughs) And it's like, that's the blessing of like not being on the path. You're just completely oblivious to like all the things, right? And I think we need people out there living like that too. But yeah, I always think about that with people. I'm like, you just don't even know. And what you don't know, you don't know. And it, it seems like a little bit of a peaceful path, I suppose but also missing a lot of magic. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of like the trade-off is it's like, yeah, we have a little bit of chaos kind of coming up when we're like aware of all the different retrogrades, like the Mars and the Mercury that we just kind of had together. And, you know, when you're aware of it, you're definitely more sensitive to it, but the breakthroughs you can get through it as well. And like one of my favorite things about astrology that I heard, and I can't remember where I heard it, but they're like, if you actually follow the whole yearly cycle in astrology, you actually hit every aspect of your life and your lived experience. I love that. When I think about living like a holistic, full life experience, I think astrology could be an incredible tool for somebody that like maybe over accentuates on their finances and ignores their health, right? Or super hyper focused on their relationships and like kind of foregoes their career. It's like if you follow the theme of astrology, you'll actually be in balance with everything is how I kind of see it too. Completely. And to remember that your new year starts with your birthday. So that's your opportunity to live through your 12-month cycle. And I think we've been working against ourselves in some way by forcing ourselves to fit into this shoe of, nope, the new year starts January 1st and I got to set my resolutions. And it doesn't feel natural, which is why we fall out of those habits and those patterns, because it doesn't sink in with who we are and our own cycle, our own clock. So yeah, I love living through the entire spectrum because you're right. It takes us from everything from who I am what I have, what I think, what I believe, all the way through what I know, what I hope to know, how I understand these bigger esoteric aspects of ourselves. So yeah, yeah. I'll never stop using astrology. I love it. And I agree with you, like, as I still consider myself an astrology enthusiast, I would never call myself an astrologer or I don't do readings for them anymore. That's for sure. I'm like, now I have all these amazing people to refer out. I'm like, go talk to Emily. You know what I mean? So I do notice that some astrologers focus on career astrology or relationship astrology or self-care astrology. When I was reading astrology for people in their big threes, I was looking from a developmental lens. From a developmental lens, these are the things that may come in for you or may appear a bit trickier. That's how I was seeing it. So what lens do you look at astrology from? So I have really fallen in love with evolutionary astrology which is studying the soul's journey throughout lifetimes 
and understanding what my past life was, literally through your astrology chart, you can understand the wounds and the things that you are meant to overcome and then being able to lean into those gifts and things that you were given in order to make that success happen in this lifetime. So that's really where then the Akashic kind of stepped in for me. I was doing what I considered at the time a very normal astrology birth chart reading. So the big three, how do you communicate? What's your love? All of these things, where's your action, your joy, your motivation? And I got to the North and South nodes, which I think are magical points in our chart. And if nobody's ever heard of them before, they are essentially the mathematically adjusted poles on the moon as the moon rotates around the earth. Those points change approximately every 18 months. When you are born, you have this arrow in your life that shows you past karma that you have. Yes, these are gifts you've brought in, but also can be some wounding and sort of this destiny of what you're supposed to lean into in this life. And I remember giving this reading and I just kind of went truly into what it feels like to give a mediumship reading. I think that's the beauty of mediumship and Akashic and all of these things. The energy is so subtle and the differences. But I was doing the reading and I remember telling my client about this experience and her notes. And if she could think back to if X and Y had happened in a past life, you know, she would be on this river. And I laid the whole scene out when I looked up because you know me, I am always reading with my eyes closed. When I made eye contact with her again, she was crying. They were beautiful tears, but she was like, I understand this. I feel this. And that's when I realized that the information that I was gleaning from the chart was real. And I think that's where mediumship helped me because if I hadn't had readings under my belt that said the information you're receiving is real, then here's validations to prove that yes, X person, Y person, these things are true. I think I would have never believed that what I was receiving was worth even sharing. So for me, mediumship was that step along the way, this tool that said, no, what you're experiencing, what you're seeing, what you're feeling is real. Now, when I do readings, I love to talk to my clients about, you know, let's talk about the fact that you're Leo in this life. That means that you really had a kind of crap run last time <laughs> to do anything you wanted. And in this lifetime, you're literally meant to enjoy the hell out of life. And so what can you do to embrace that? I mean, there's certain things for every single sign throughout the Zodiac that can lead to kind of what happened in your past life. But it can be very freeing. We have sometimes those fears that are, they don't feel rational. I'm not afraid of water, but if someone comes and they're like, I'm afraid of water, I'm never getting in it. I don't want to swim. I don't want to learn how to swim. Let's talk about where that came from, because that doesn't just imprint on us from nowhere. Yeah. Something had to have caused that. That's the sort of energetics that I work with in the Akashic and in evolutionary astrology. I love that. And I think that's a very valuable tool. You know, I had something come up recently, like where I discovered out of nowhere that I'm scared of bridges. Like literally not until I was like 38. And then I would find myself going over bridge, the same bridge I've traveled my entire life in Vancouver, the one by Stanley Park. Anyways, you have no idea what I'm talking about because you've never been here. I'm just like having this like brain gap. <laughs> But I would find myself on it and I would like my heart would start palpitating. And I remember fear like overcoming me. And I always wondered if it was like connected to a past life, something or other. I was like, why? I will share with you. You're not the only medium. I know that that has that fear. A bridges? A bridges. It's wild. And then I became yeah. afraid of flying and bridges of heights, like out of nowhere yeah. at 38 years old. 
Super interesting. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that if you think about our parallel realities and when we make a shift in this reality, of course, right, then that energy is transferring across the board. And I think that then triggers something in yeah. this lifetime that brings that up from a past life that probably wasn't there before until these energetics aligned and allowed for that. Yeah, I love that. And I'm thinking about your body of work like with astrology and the way that you look back through that evolutionary. And I know with the Akashic, I've only had a couple Akashic readings, but much like your client experience, I think with mediumship, it's evidential in the sense where it's like, these are facts. Do you understand these facts? Yay or nay? And then of course the message is felt by somebody who lands with it resonates and that's kind of what makes it evidential. But with Akashic and with astrology, what I find is there is that sense like, oh, this makes sense. This Land. And that's very individual for each person who experiences it. So I'm glad that you opened up your eyes enough to realize like people's emotions and the resonance that they get to experience in a session with these other modalities is really powerful and beautiful as well. Hard yeah. to explain because like you said, it's so individual and when it lands, it lands when it doesn't. Yeah. It's yeah. Just and so that's how I felt about the past life stuff too. Like I was always very skeptical, I think on paper about it. And I only was aware of it through Sylvia Brown's work, like growing up and listening to her, not podcasts, but like her audiobooks and her books. And she was very much into past life regression and studying birthmarks as an indicator of how we passed and like a past life and stuff. But in my skeptical head, I was like, well, you can just say anything, really. Right? Like, legit. Ooh, I'm like, yeah. you, you could literally say anything. But Earth then sign here. I get you. <laughs> I know. We're both like, yeah, we are right. You're Taurus. So, yeah. And I just kind of sat there and then I've had some past life stuff come up for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Like just the sense it made and again, permission slip that it gave. So I'm wondering for you, like, so astrology came first and then mediumship and then Akashic. Is that right? That is right. Yeah. Do you have like a multidisciplinary type offering, like where you include mediumship and Akashic or do you separate them? How does that work for you? Yeah. How does that work for me? <laughs> Like, I got one trick, girl. Like, one trick. It's been interesting. I really have separated the astrology into kind of the non-woo version. Like, let's do a basic, read your birth chart. And then if you want to do the woo, let's dip into the Akashic. So those two are separated. And the mediumship, as much as I love it, I don't open my books for it as often because while I know that the clients are coming or probably energetically aligned or it feels good, for me, I don't get the same fulfillment. It's not the same resonance in some ways. But that ebbs and flows. Comes and goes in and out of my book. So if you find it there, it's because it's supposed to be. <laughs> I have sort of this development, this package of cosmic alignment. And it's really about, let's look at your astrology. Let's look at your human design. Let's look at your Akashic records. Let's talk to your loved ones. And then let's put all of that together. What's the overarching theme in all of these that keeps coming up, going to hit us over the head until we listen? And how can then we align to that? And of course, it's going to change. I'm not the same person that needed alignment at 29 and 30 as I am at 46. So what does that look like as I age? Clients that have gone on that journey with me have just really, I would say, blossomed and sort of for the first time accepted where they are. I had one young girl who was ready to go in for a huge promotion. She was going to like, I'm ready, let's do the directorship. And she withdrew her application, not because she was scared of the position, but because she knew what she was going to give up was not at all worth it. 
she needed her happiness to come first. So those are the types of readings I love. I love to get into the nitty gritty. Let's look at what stars are really screaming at you and how can we make them work for you? Yeah, I love that. And your clients are very lucky. I know that they are. So, and you do beautiful newsletters as well. And then talk to me about the pod a little bit, because one thing that we've always shared is our love of history and like our nerdiness around history. We both love, you know, stuff you missed in history class, the Queen's podcast. Like we both love podcasts and then we love like history podcasts. So I know like your early episodes, I'm I'm still referring them out. One of my other clients, I just sent her your episode on the history of women and gossip and stuff like that. I know that this was like the original intent and you've expanded into like your own forecasting, your own collaborations and interviews. So talk a bit about your podcast and like where you see that going, what you love to jam about on it. I definitely want to share that here too. So I love wacky history. This is my Gemini moon talking and 100%. I love to get curious. I was the kid my mom wrote in my baby book that I asked if God had a wife, if worms have mouths, like all these questions. My mind is constantly asking questions. And so then you add in a little bit of Taurus relentlessness and I need to get to the root of these stories. And for me, it's it's uncovering the truth to these tales that we've been told and these stories that may or may not have any root in what the current reality of them is. Of course, the first episode was witches and how the iconography is really related to beer. And the gossip episode is one of my all-time favorites because it ties into midwives and, you know, the fact that women spent so much time together and the origins of words. So the podcast for me is a love of my curiosity and in bringing those stories to life for others. My goal is to 100% continue with those stories. It, life has taken a couple of turns in the last six, well, we'll go with 18 months. <laughs> and so, yes, I have evolved into doing more of the cosmic reports because I love working with Andrea. I love that she pulls the tarot and I do the stars for the next month. But truly, my love is to get back into understanding where we came from. Where did the goddess imagery go? Why are there similarities between religions? What can we learn about our past? So for me, it's always going to be things that make me go woo. The history, the curiosity pieces that I love so much. I love that. And it's hard to go forward without knowing where we came from, right? And I think, too, we're looking at a more expansive of her story. I love this meme I just saw before we hopped on because we were talking about the Grammys. Me and Emily both love pop culture as well. There's so many celebrities like, did you see Ben Affleck last night? And as I was scrolling through the memes, I saw like Beyonce made her story. I'm like, yes, I love this. Because I mean, when I used to study Tudorian history in high school, which I became obsessed with the Plantagenets, it was like, yeah, all this history was written by men. You know, the captured history and history is written by the victor as well. So it's like, I love now that more people are going into a more diverse history, a more inclusive history like highlighting the voices that got overshadowed. And even the discovery of Mary Magdalene's like work, you know, is only a generation old. Like it was what, the 70s, I think it was found. So yeah. it's like now we're dipping into a different side of Jesus's message, et cetera. We're not trying to get religious on you. Neither of us are highly religious here. Yeah. One of the books I read in the last year was, I think it's called A New History of Everything. But yeah. these two archaeologists went back and they were like, most of the 
evidence we have that we refer to in our history story was really from the Victorian times. And how much have we found and discovered and really how has that changed what we know now? And so the book is fascinating because it makes so much sense now that we need to dig into these new paradigms. We need to realize how interconnected we truly were in ways that we weren't allowed to talk about. And so that is a passion of mine. Yeah, I love when there's a new archaeological dig. I'm like, oh my God, what are you going to find? Have you been so excited with all the space advancements? Like I found out yesterday, I think they found like 19 new Jupiter moons. So there's like 89 moons of Jupiter now. I'm like, I mean, still 2023, this day and age, like we are still finding new moons within our own solar system. It's just mind boggling to me what we still Not to mention the comet that was by that we didn't even know exists till it almost hit us. I'm sure that there are some people, hush, hush, that are coming out from underground right now. (laughs) We just need to look at who went poof. But yeah, there's some phenomenal pictures of that green comet that passed Earth last week. I guess just a couple days ago by the time we record. We're recording this on February 6th, by the way, just to give you some context. But yeah, that's what I love about this. So thank you for, for doing that. I'm always sending Emily these requests. I'm like, special requests. I would love more on the history of mediumship and spiritualism. And like separating mediumship from spiritualism, it being a more historical context. And even that, you did recommend a fantastic book to me. I think it was called The History of Ghosts, right? Yes. Is that Dan Aykroyd's right. dad, which I really enjoyed listening to that book as well. So Emily, just all in all, super wealth of information, super multifaceted. And one of the things that I admire so much about you, and I want to talk about your Third Eye Library here and what you've created is because one thing. I've personally struggled with in my career, something I try to promote for people who are studying under me and something that you just do so well is around collaborating and like sharing the light, sharing the space. So have you always been someone who's like super inclusive where you're just like, come, we'll do this together. Hey, we're better together doing this. Like where does the heart come from, this collaborative heart? What benefits do you see around collaboration? Like tell me more about this because you do it so well. Well, thank thank you. I have a hard time taking that compliment, so I'm going to let it sink in for a minute. I don't think I've always been good at it. I think our generation, we're very similar in age. We were taught you can do anything. And absolutely, okay, I can do anything. But it came with anything that you're willing to fight for, that you're willing to put yourself before. What can you make happen in your own world? In my 20s, early 30s, I was doing a lot of fiber art. And it was needle felting, of all things, which I think is still around these days. But it was really kind of underground at that time. And I was making these huge, like two and three foot tall sculptures and everyone loved them. But I was secretive to my techniques in some ways because I felt threatened and like, no, this is mine. I need to save this technique. And it did not do me any service. Not that I left that behind for other reasons, but I look back now and I think what a different landscape it could look like if I hadn't shared that. And so some of that I think is age, all sorts of lessons around that. But when I came into this field of study and particularly with you and with so many of these incredible women that I've met within your circles, Everyone has been so open-armed and so gracious with their knowledge and their time that I think I don't ever want it to go away from this field. I don't ever want someone to feel like they need to gatekeep the information. 
because we're figuring out as we're going to. And so if I can reach and pull someone next to me and push them in front of me, then absolutely, we're going to get through this together. Awakenings and development. This is, <laughs> I love the memes where it's like the kids screaming, like, my spiritual awakening. Ah! <laughs> fun and games, right? Like the house is on fire and I'm crying in the closet for my shadow work. It's hard. And to have friends that you can call up and say, oh my God, did you feel the Leo full moon this weekend? I thought I was going to die. It's important to have those friendships and to foster them. And the amount of support and insight I have gained from these friendships and from helping others and seeing them grow is something that lights me up in a way I can't even explain. When I started sort of getting frustrated with Instagram and Meta, as you know, we both are, hesitate to even Mm -hmm. say their name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was important to me to create a space where I still felt the connection and the love and the support. I want that for everyone that's curious to have a place that they can feel safe and come and talk about things that, you know, want to talk about at Thanksgiving dinner with your weird uncle, but you might go with your girlfriends and have coffee and Now, so many of my friends don't even live in Colorado where I live. I have friends pretty much all over Canada at this point, but all over the state well. And to have these connections that have transformed my life, for me, that will be the reason I'll never stop sharing. I will always, always help the person beside me, in front of me, behind me, wherever they are. If there's something I can give that helps, I'm going to continue to do that. I love that. And I, yeah, I have a very similar sentiment about it. There's something amazing when you can kind of like share the space of what you've created, share the light a little bit. And I think that it creates a ripple effect of generosity that goes beyond what we're privy to know that ripple effect at this time, right? So I know that just the way you are and the way that you share other people and create space for other people to shine is going to create such a kind ripple effect. And I hope that's what we have more in the world of. So Talk to us about the Third Eye Library. I want to talk about that. You're one of the most creative people I know. I mean, you just have to go look at your branding and you're just like mind-blowingly talented because I know you have a graphic design background as well, right? So your stuff is just absolutely beautiful. And even the way that you name things, like things that make you go, whoa, like I admire your creativity. So talk about the Third Eye Library, the structure of it, the librarians, which I just die over. Just share more about it. So I created the Third Eye Library because truly and honestly, it came to me in my sleep. There was a platform that I loved. This woman has these incredible art videos and you can go and, you know, it's one week you want to learn charcoal and the next week you want to learn watercolor, whatever you want to do, you can go and do these things. It's beautiful space. Okay. That doesn't necessarily apply to mediumship and astrology, but I knew I wanted this feeling of community and a place where you could go and explore. Okay. To me, that's the library. I love to go to the library and check out stacks of books that I may or may not even open, but I hope to learn through osmosis by hitting them to my company, right? Yeah. It means they're just sticking out of my head right now. And that's part of that curiosity aspect. Like, I don't think I could ever stop learning. There's so much more to absorb. So the Third Eye Library came to me sort of in my sleep one night and it hounded me for well over a year before I relented and said, okay, I give. I cry, uncle, let's make this happen. For me, it's a place of community above all. The tagline is ancient wisdom, modern mystics. And to me, that's important because these modalities that we're learning are truly are ancient. And there's 
an importance in remembering the origins of that. Why do we have chakras? What are their true names? These words have meaning and energetics behind them. And then the next layer of that is sharing these people that I refer to, that I take classes with and trust and use all in one space so that I can go ask them a question. They can come talk to me about the stars, but we have this library essentially where you can learn everything from animal alchemy to yin yoga and everything in between. We have angels and taking care of children. There's meditations. There's so many things, wellness. And so the space to me is sacred. It's safe. It's a place for people who are curious, who want to engage in online communities that are protected. We're not going to let scammers in. There is never going to be somebody who's going to try and mimic you or make you feel bad about the questions that you ask, because that's the next level of that importance for me is safety. And this, your spiritual awakening can be scary. Mm -hmm. You want a little bit of that safety net around you while you're exploring these things. And so that's what I hope this community can be. Yeah, I love that. And we're going to share a link to the community in the show notes so that people will know where to go and where to find it. And it's something you do have to request access to, right? So that protection piece, you know, I think about when I had my membership on Facebook and I had it like a teachable Facebook stack. And like you say, that safety piece is so important. We had somebody who was a military mama in the group and I guess made a post and then uncle saw it created some discomfort at the next family gathering, wasn't ready to come out. So I think for those of us who are interested in keeping the safety and sacredness of like online conversations, like the platforms that we tend to pick are in alignment with, right? So thank you for highlighting that and prioritizing that in your community as well, because it is scary coming out. And if I knew that there was a space online when I first started opening up my mediumship, I could just like tap in like, do you experience this? Like, okay, I'm not the only one who thinks like this. What a blessing for people early on in their development to have spaces like that to go to. So within that, what I love about Emily, let me know if I'm understanding this correctly, because I have a lot of mentees and I have some mentees that are like librarians in the Third Eye Library, like Sydney is the Oracle librarian. And I loved that. And so like, can you just run through a few of the librarian spaces just because I think it's so creative and I want to credit you for coming up with that and highlighting it. Well, in the early days of the library, I was like, okay, we're going to have a tarot room and we're going to have the angel room and we're going to have the mediumship room. And it was very specific. And what is happening as we're in there together more and more is that we realize how many of us are, of course, cross-modality. We don't do anything in a vacuum without bringing in other aspects. And so, yeah, having Sydney in the Oracle Room is amazing. She's so diverse in what she does and how she brings her messages through, but she can make Oracle feel non-threatening to someone. She comes in and says, here's how I do it. Try it with me. Do you have questions? Can I pull a card for you? In a way that makes you feel welcomed and safe and supported and and then also can hold your hand and walk beside you on this journey. And so it's important to me to bring in people that are still learning themselves. We're never going to have it all figured out. So I don't think there will ever be somebody that comes in that's like a master of X, Y, and Z. But to me, that doesn't exist. It's going to take you a long time to be on that pedestal. If I can support their businesses through a business incubator in the back, if I can have these librarians represent this field that means so much to them in a way that makes them excited 
created to then share and embrace others, then that's the beauty. We even have a librarian break room in the background where we get together and chit chat about, you know, oh my God, how did you feel the moon? And what are you going to post this week? And how can I support you? We have a librarian who had this incredible near-death experience. And after that, came back and went into medical school. She's a nurse now. And so she looks at health and wellness through the lens of knowing what the other side is like. Oh my God, if you have medical questions, as a medium, as anyone who's an intuitive, she's incredible. But we also know she's going to be adopting a little one soon. And so we can step in and help her with her library room. And so it's very sacred feminine based. I want the space to be something that it doesn't feel like we're turning out content to support the masses. We're turning out content that's divinely timed and important and shared from a space of love. I appreciate that. And I just have to say too that when I look at how individual the space has been up until now still, like in a lot of ways, it still is very individual focus. I look at spaces like what you've created with the Third Eye Library and the collaboration amongst peers and how healing that is. And I imagine there's always going to be things that come up because we're human and we can't bypass the human experience. But that kind of community and that framework around spirituality and expressing spiritual teachings is going to be so healing for our generation and for the generations to come. So I just want to thank you for that because a lot of us are, you know, a lot of people are just like, we just need to prop ourselves up. We need to like advance ourselves, but really it's like, no, we all rise together, right? Like we got to bring everybody up with us. So thank you for creating a space like that because I can see the ripple effect, like even just clairvoyantly see the ripple effect and how much healing that's going to bring to everyone who touches that space and model a different way, right? Model a different way. Yeah. So right. trailblaze that. Every day. You know, we have sister wounds. We have sister wounds and the thing of, do I want to trust them there that do astrology in different ways and helping them shine their light to it. There's no reason for us to feel like we have to isolate ourselves any longer. We aren't going to be turned in for being heretics. We aren't going to be burned at the stake, hopefully. <laughs> Florida. No, I'm kidding. I won't go there. No. Yeah, right. Maybe <laughs> the political podcast or another one. <laughs> but yeah, I want to frame this in a way that it hasn't been done before. And that's super scary for me, being able to hold space for these women and say, I don't know. I don't have the answer, but I'm going to figure it out. We'll figure it out together. And how can I support you? And that to me has been beautiful allowing that edit slow to come kind of naturally. I love it. Well, I absolutely love this. So at this point of the interview, I would love to hand it over to you to kind of like share your handles, share your offerings, what you have going on at this moment. And we'll make sure to include all the links in the show notes so that you guys can easily access Emily's magic and everything she's created. Well, thank you, Danielle. I love that. So my website is emilyandherstars.com. You can find the library. It's thirdeyelibrary.com. I'm, of course, on Instagram, Emily and her stars. And yeah, you are more than welcome to listen to the podcast anywhere you can download them, things that make you go woo. Right now, I'm still running just usually the monthly energy episodes, but there are more exciting history episodes coming this year, I promise. And the ones that are up have been really important and fun. I've enjoyed recording all of them. And let's see, I have, of course, the amazing astrology course running this whole year in Spirit School where we are really talking about astrology and why it's important to the light workers, the parts that 
make a difference for us as we're feeling into this new energy this year. So be sure to join Danielle's group and explore that. And then over in the third eye, we have so many exciting things coming. We have more collaborations, more coffee talk lives. We have story time. We have mudras on Mondays. We have meditations and Reiki on Thursdays. We have inner child healing on Sundays. It just goes on and on and on. So yeah, come over and join us as soon as you can. I love that. And we'll have links to everything below. Thank you, Emily, for sharing your time with us again today. And I'm sure we will have you back again very soon. Thank you, Danielle, for having me. Have a beautiful day. Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.